You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone Podcast right here on the AHL Report part of Rocket Sports Media and a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. We are so glad that you are here with us this week, and I should kick things off by giving out a little ho, 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 and Merry Christmas to all of you who celebrate the holiday. Uh, Happy Hanukkah to any of you who celebrate that holiday as well. Whatever holiday you are celebrating this time of year, uh, for me it's Christmas, so I'm going to give you a very hearty Merry Christmas. It's an exciting week. Uh, The big man in the red suit is less than a week away. He's got to be uh, tuning up the reindeer at this point. So it's pretty exciting. Uh, and uh, we've got some great hockey to talk to you about today. We've got, believe it or not, we've got some wins to talk about today for the Laval Rocket. Um, and we are also going to have Patrick Williams here on the show uh, in the second segment for the AHL Hot Stove He's going to talk to us a bit about some exciting things going around, going on around the American Hockey League, as well as uh, we're going to talk about uh, someone who has been uh, sitting at the top of some of the leaderboards in the AHL, who Laval fans are pretty well acquainted with. Um, so without further ado, a uh, couple of pieces of homework before we start. A- uh, it's the holiday season and you're thinking to yours. I know you're, you turned on this podcast today thinking, what do the rocket sports people have on their Christmas list this year? What are they asking Santa for? We're asking Santa for two things. <laughs> We're asking Santa for your subscription. And that just, uh, means just look down at whatever app you're playing this in and just hit the subscribe button. And we're also asking for you to share our content. And that's again, just a simple tap of the share button and just share this episode on your favorite social media platform. Easy peasy, simple as that. Takes just a couple of seconds to do both things and it's really the best thing that you can do for us this holiday season. We'd really appreciate it. Um, the Laval Rocket. Okay, so when we talked last week, we uh, we mentioned that Laval had a big, gigantic win on their last Saturday uh, home game, uh, which was their teddy bear toss, and they set a new record uh, for the franchise. Uh, fans tossing out all close to 9,000 bears, 8,845 teddy bears onto the ice. Uh, really dominant win for Laval against the Belleville Senators. Uh, 
you know, it was it was pretty exciting. And we said, OK, now can they get their first back to back wins of the season? Because they hadn't done that yet. Uh, and this was an opportunity because their next game would be on the road, kicking off this four game road trip in Utica, which Utica is the one team this season and even in prior seasons that Laval has seemed to have pretty good control over. Uh, so this was, if there was a, a, if there was an opportunity ripe for the picking for the Laval Rocket to finally string together back-to-back victories, this was going to be it. And they did it. Guys, they did it. Um, and, uh, you know, pretty, uh, I don't want to say dominant fashion there as well, but they had a pretty good night beating the Utica Comets 5-2. Uh, to two. Um Kevin Poulan starting this game because Caden Primo once again did not travel on this trip. This this cut that he took while sitting on the bench backing up Poulan at the end of November seems to be taking a long time to heal in a way that he can comfortably put a mask on. So he is not on this road trip. Uh, so that means Joe Verbetic still, still up with the Rocket, still playing backup duties to Kevin Poulan, but Poulan got the win on this night. One of the things that did go kind of in Laval's favor for this game is that Mackenzie Blackwood is down from the New Jersey Devils on a conditioning stint. And on this night, he played his first game um, in that conditioning stint. So this is the first time that he had seen game action in almost two months. Um, and he looked rusty. Uh, and that's that's no slight against Mackenzie Blackwood. It's to be expected. Um, but I think Laval kind of lucked out in that, that they were able to take advantage of it. And they went up 3-1 to one, uh, in that first period. Um, managed to... No scoring took place in the second period, but then they put up another two goals to Utica's one in the third period and, and win... win won the game 5-2, to two. and I should say, you know, that they were fortunate, perhaps, that they got Blackwood's first game uh, on his conditioning stint, because Utica went on to win both of their other two games this past weekend. Uh, so Blackwood obviously finally getting a bit of that rhythm back, getting the conditioning back, getting getting settled back into the crease, and so, you know, Laval really, um, really had kind of fortunes in their favor that maybe they got Mackenzie Blackwood's first game back. So there it was. Finally, 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 uh, two wins in a row for the Laval Rocket. It's the first win streak <laughs> that they've had all season. You take the small victories where, where you can when you're when when the team is struggling so much uh, like they were here. Uh, so then that meant that they traveled then from Utica out to Cleveland because they were going to have two daytime games against the Cleveland Monsters. I mentioned that Caden Primo is not on this trip. Uh, the injury bug continues to to be affecting the Laval roster. Um, I can't even tell you how many games in a row now that JF Wool has had to roll seven defensemen because he just doesn't have enough healthy forwards. Um, Nate Schnarr, we know, isn't going to play again until after Christmas. Caden Primo is still out. Madison Bowie and Xavier Simino need further medical evaluation. Danik Martell is still out. Um, Jan Mishak is going to be out eight to ten weeks uh, still. Um, the only the only positive here is that uh, Justin Barron 
was finally, uh, you know, able to come back. And he ended up only missing a game or two. Uh, so that was good. So Saturday's game against the Cleveland Monsters, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we had to brew a pot of coffee just to stay up to cover the game in Abbotsford that started at 10. Well, Saturday's game against the Cleveland Monster, I needed a pot of coffee because it started at noon. <laughs> it started at noon, friends. I mean, it's one thing when you have a three o'clock matinee game. Noon? Whew! That is a whole other beast. Um, it was kind of like wake up and do the, you know, my normal Saturday morning routine, some chores, that kind of thing. And before you know it, it's, oh, right, uh, game time. And I don't know, you know, the the disappointing thing here was that Laval actually had a pretty promising start to this game, as I said in my game recap. Um, they went to first intermission after 20 minutes of play, leading Cleveland 3-1. to one. That's a pretty good start. And and okay, so they're coming off of back-to-back wins. <gasps> could they could they put together a a a, a three-peat? Could they put together three wins in a row? Like screw the back-to-back wins. Maybe they can put three wins together. And and going into first intermission up 3 to 1, uh Yesa Ulanen kicked off the scoring pretty early with a he, his office is that left circle. Let me tell you, his snipes from the left circle are just lasers and they are spot on target all the time and if a goaltender isn't expecting it or isn't watching for it it's gonna it's gonna get past him and that's what happened Ulanen got that one in uh Pierrick Dubay who's been called up because of how shorthanded they are he got on the board with his second goal of the season Justin Barron getting on the board with his seventh goal of the season uh Justin Barron folks everyone wants to talk about Caden Gooley Arbor Jacki uh Jordan Harris, the the guys that are really making waves on the defense in Montreal. Let me tell you, Justin Barron making his own waves very quietly down in Laval. Um, that kid is look the first time that they need a defensive call up. You absolutely better bet that it's going to be Justin Barron, and I think he might be able to slot in. Um, and slot in pretty seamlessly because he is his he's been he's been pretty good since the beginning of the season, but he is getting more and more reliable and his offensive production has really ramped up in the last two or three weeks. Uh, so it was uh, you know, three to one, looking pretty good. Second period comes along. Um, things are pretty evenly played. Rocket score another goal. The Monsters score a couple. So they go into second intermission and the Rocket are leading now four to three. So they did have a two goal lead that's shortened to a one goal lead with 20 minutes left to play. Unfortunately, those two goal, uh, two, one of the two goals that they gave up in the second period, a power play goal against Cleveland does have the best power play in the American Hockey League. And Laval had a little bit of trouble, little bit, not too much, but a little bit of trouble staying out of the box as they are want to do. And, and Emil Benstrom made them pay for it. Uh, he would go on to make them pay for it twice on the power play in this game. So everything was still pretty much okay. Still pretty much okay. Leading four to three going into the second intermission. However, unfortunately, just before the end of the second period, Anthony Richard took a penalty. 
just nine seconds before the inter- before before the period was over, which meant that that number one power play was going to have an extended look to begin the third period. And it looked like they were going to get through it. 17 seconds left on that power play. Trey Fix Volansky brings it even. So now it's four to four. Um, and unfortunately, things just completely unraveled at that point. We have seen Laval have third period struggles and third period meltdowns before. And boy, did it happen on this day. Uh, Laval could not score again. However, uh, Cleveland ended up scoring four goals in the third period. And it ended up, I mean, it just completely imploded before your eyes. Uh, and Cleveland coming up with a big seven to four win, uh, over the rocket that snaps their short lived win streak. Uh, very, very dominant win there, there in the fourth period for Cleveland. Uh, Laval just couldn't put the 60 minutes together. Uh, they had a decent first and second, could not put the 60 minutes together. Unfortunately. Uh, the other thing I should mention is that, um, Otto Leskinen didn't play in this game and it has come out that he's, um, he he may be out for a little bit of time because he was injured, I believe, in Wednesday night's game in Utica. So now you're down another uh, another regular player, and and Leskinen is a, a pretty um, pretty big piece of their of their blue line. So maybe the noon game not such a great start time for the Laval Rockets. So would three o'clock be any better for them on Sunday afternoon? This was Cleveland's teddy bear toss game. Uh, and once again, you know, it's one of the big struggles for Laval this season has been um, that they typically get scored on first. And so that means they typically are trailing in games to start and they're constantly then chasing the game and chasing the puck. And it's harder to play that way. Um, in this case, yet again, uh, Laval scored first again. Now, they scored first on Saturday and they just let it all go in the third period, but they scored first again. Joel Teasdale with his second of the season uh, scoring in the first period, as did the Monsters. This was, uh, it was a much more low scoring game, but the penalty minutes were higher in this one. Tensions definitely starting to ramp up, particularly in the second period. Uh, some unsportsmanlike conduct penalties getting handed out. We had a, we saw a fight between um Alex Belzeal and Josh Dunn uh, as they dropped the gloves in the second period. So things were starting to get a little nasty. Um, But uh, the the goal, it was one-to-one at the end of the first period. So Teasdale scores and then uh, Yona Luoto scored. That triggers the teddy bear toss for Cleveland, which you always want to, you know, even when you're looking for, uh, you know, the team that you're covering, covering or rooting for, you know, you're you're looking for as best of a result as you can. On a teddy bear toss game, you still want your opponent to be able to get that one goal, uh, so that fans can can toss those teddy bears onto the ice. Uh, really impressive. I believe Cleveland came out with over twelve thousand t- teddy bears. So kudos to all the monsters fans out there at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse for for really showing up with those teddy bears. Um, so that took a little bit to clean up, um, then ticked off the last couple of minutes of the first period. They go to first intermission, tied one-to-one, um, and Laval didn't look back from there. Cleveland did not score again 
Laval would go to go on to score three more. Joel Teasdale with a second goal of the game, his third of the season. Lucas Condotta uh, and Nicholas Bonan with a power play goal. Uh, Joel Teasdale ended up being the second star for the day around the American Hockey League because of those two goals. Um, and, you know, this is where with all with as many injuries as you see for Laval right now, um, guys who don't typically score as often are the, you know, it's, it's that next man up guys have got to be able to step up to the plate and contribute. And so that's Joel Teasdale has not done much of anything, uh, this season. He's not, uh, always gotten into the lineup when he has, he's not always looked more often than not. He's not looked great, uh, on this particular day he did. Uh, and so congratulations to him. Congratulations to Laval. They get back in the win column again. So they went, they got four out of six points last week. I mean, they have not had a successful week like that at all this season. Um, And to do it on the road was even more impressive. So um, really very interesting to watch. Um, Now, before the game, there was a bit of roster shuffling. Rem Pitlick was reassigned to Laval uh, from the Montreal Canadiens early on Sunday morning. Uh, he And it was announced that he will wait to join the team uh, this coming Wednesday in Syracuse. Um, you know, they'll likely get there um, either Monday or Tuesday. Uh, so they are already are likely reunited. Um, but in exchange, before the Canadians headed out on their longest road trip of the season, uh, heading out west and so forth, they recalled Anthony Richard. And we're going to talk to Patrick Williams in the next segment a bit more about Anthony Richard. Um, for a team that is suffering as much as Laval has been this season, Anthony Richard uh, has certainly found his stride with the Laval Rocket this season, uh, topping the leaderboards for, for goals scored and sometimes even in points, depending on the week. Um, he has He has had really some decent success with Laval this season. And so uh, gets the call up to Montreal in return for Rem Pitlick. Rem Pitlick was getting uh, sort of close to that cutoff where, you know, 30 game, 30 days or 10 games played where he would uh, be waiver eligible again. And so I imagine that's probably why they made the switch. Um, would like to see, I you know, I, I'm going to be completely transparent and say I believe yes it Ullinen should have been the guy that got called up because he is the prospect and he is while he may not have um Anthony Richard's numbers um yes it Ullinen still is having a very strong season for himself and has looked even better uh and better as the season has gone on and as a prospect in a development focused year would liked would have liked to have seen yes it Ullinen get the call uh to kind of show what he can do right now in the NHL but that's neither here nor there because it was Richard who got the call up I understand the number you know statistically you know the numbers are there so they called up Anthony Richard to give him a look um so we'll see we'll see how long that lasts um we'll see if he stays with them the entire road trip or just until after the holiday uh roster freeze uh expires next uh next week um, you know, it's possible that he doesn't stay with Montreal for the entire road trip. So we'll just have to see how all of that shakes out. Um, should also note one other thing. The Sunday afternoon game that they won 
really tremendously, 4-1 to one, in Cleveland. That was Joe Verbetic's second AHL start. So Joe Verbetic, congratulations to you, young man. He is 2-0 and oh in his AHL starts this season. Um, Joe Verbetic doing doing a, a bang-up job uh, as the backup goaltender right now for Kevin Poulan. And I say give Joe Verbetic some more starts. Let's, you know, whether it's a common, whether it's Joe Verbetic's skill or a combination of that and the team knows that he is not as experienced so they actually focus better and play better in front of him. I, you know, it's hard to say what what the combination of elements is, but let's give him some more starts. Let's give that prospect more experience because he certainly has uh, come up uh, with wins both times he's gotten the start. So congratulations to Joe Verbetic on that. We, we look forward to seeing what she can do uh, given more opportunities. And uh, Laval will now play in Syracuse on Wednesday, and then they will play at home against the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton Penguins on Friday night, their last game uh, before Chris, a short Christmas break. So we'll have all of the coverage for you over at ahlreport.com. And right now we are going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to hear from our sponsors over at DraftKings. And on the other side of it, Patrick Williams is going to join me here in the studio for the AHL Hot Stove. You don't want to miss it. Thanks for listening. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Press Zone Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Hey, hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pre-game money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Press Zone Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, Rocket Sports Media, AHLReport.com. Once again, I am your host of the show, Amy Johnson. So glad that you're here with us today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the AHL Report. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter if you'd want, uh, at Flyers Rule. And you can follow this podcast at the Press Zone. Uh, and as I mentioned at the top of the show, if you can take just a second, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and share this podcast. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, and now, without further ado, I think it's time to get the AHL hot stove rolling. And this week on the AHL hot stove, of course, uh, Patrick Williams is here with us. Every week, each and every week on the hot stove, the week leading up in the Christmas is no different. Uh, Patrick, welcome back, and uh, thanks for being here today. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, plenty on uh, the agenda for us to get through on the hot stove today. Lots of, it seems like, you know, there's there's some weeks where the league decides to collectively go into a little bit of a lull, and then there's weeks that all the things happen. 
<laughs> and this seems to be one of them. So let's let's take care of, uh, you know, check off the business right off right right off the top. And we always be sure uh, each and every week to introduce listeners to this week's AHL Player of the Week. Uh, and this is a guy that um, perhaps our listeners aren't as familiar with because he is uh, a Western Conference player. Uh, a goaltender, and that is Henderson Silver Knights goaltender Laurent Brossois, um, absolutely killed it last week. He had two starts, and he blanked his opponents both times. I mean, two shutouts is a, is a pretty good way to spend your week as a goaltender. <clears throat> you can't do much better than that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no goalie expert, but... but you know, that's you know? that's true. And two pretty good teams too, right? San Jose, a pretty solid club, and, and Abbotsford, which, you know, now granted they were missing Lane Peterson, who's just been on an absolute roll, who's mm-hmm. been chasing Anthony Richard uh, for the goal scoring lead. But um, yeah, uh, 30 plus saves each game. Um, Henderson really needed that. Like they, they've been in a really tough they've way. Been, yeah, know? they've been struggling and, a lot. You know, for the better part of, well, really since opening night, They've now kind of gotten themselves a little bit more squared away, but they're still battling some injuries uh, and really, you know, kind of a, you know, probably a little bit analogous to Laval. Yeah. Where you get too far out of the race. Like, even if, even if you can put something together, right? Like, it's going to be a tough, uh, tough way to get back. So now they're, you know, they're, you know, they've won six of their past 10 games. So, they're actually all things you know considered, given their problems, are only four points back of a playoff spot in the Pacific Division, which is kind of amazing considering what their start was. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, um, having a goalie like that, he's essentially he's an NHL goalie playing in the AHL, right? You know? Right. There's been a few other guys like that, obviously, you know, especially out in Henderson, like they have Michael Hutchinson, uh, who's been there, right? So, um, so yeah, just having somebody that can kind of you know, kind of being a, an eracer almost, right? Like mm-hmm. you have a team making young mistakes. You have a goalie back there who's, you know, uh, pushing 30 years old who can kind of, you know, nullify a lot of those mistakes. It just, you know, I think it just gets everybody's confidence collectively better. And uh, I think it's a huge part of um, what you need with your AHL affiliate. You want to have that reliable number three goalie on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody that can easily go back and forth, um, you know, to to and from the the NHL, you know, whenever an injury hits. But when they're in the AHL, they can be a dominant number one, and yeah. they can take some of that pressure off to you know a younger goalie. Like they have Yuri Patera there, who's a prospect, and you know he's still finding his way a little bit, and um, it's not all on his shoulders because you do have someone like Brassois. So you know, I think it's something that's to some extent eluded Laval, right? Mm-hmm. Their goaltending hasn't been up to what you would expect it to be. Very unreliable. So, uh, you know, it just exposes, you know, whatever weaknesses, and pretty much every team in this league has some weakness, just the nature of a young league. Right. Um, Doesn't give you much of a, you know, you know, breathing room or margin for error, uh, whatever you want to call it. So, um, yeah, I think that's, if you're going to spend money in one area for your AHL team, getting a really, really high-end number three guy for your depth chart is is money well spent. And, you know, because, I mean, we, we've seen it time and time again too, right? Like the NHL team, they lose a goalie or two, all of a sudden you really are looking at that number three guy on the depth chart. If mm-hmm. you don't have one there, that's when 
problems hit the NHL club as well. So uh, I think a big part of, you know, both that and also obviously prospect development is having really high end, reliable goaltending, like a, a, a Brassois who can just come in there and, you know, just give some those young kids, you know, a little bit of space, you know, a little bit of freedom to make mistakes without it, you know, coming back to burn them every single time. So um, he's, he's been excellent, yeah, really almost from the start. And of course, all eyes will be watching his next start to see if uh, if this scoreless streak will continue into uh, into a third game or not. We won't say the we won't jinx it by saying that the other S word. Uh, we won't jinx it in advance for him, but we'll be keeping an eye on that for sure. Um, staying out west just for a minute. Um, there's there's a there's another significant number that's coming up very soon for. Uh, Calgary Wranglers captain Brett Sutter. Yes, that is a very familiar last name, and yes, that is the last name of the Sutters. Um, he's uh, he's going to be making a bit of history uh, this coming week, isn't he? Game one thousand. Uh, wow. Wednesday night they they play Tuesday night against Ontario, which was a team he was with for seven seasons, and then that'll be game nine ninety nine, and then Wednesday night back end of a home, you know you know, two home uh, games against Ontario, you know, assuming, you know, he doesn't get suspended or anything. <laughs> um, he, sh- he should hit 1,000 games. And wow. it'll be the first uh, player since February of 2011. That was Brian Helmer who did it. Wow. Uh, he's in the AHL Hall of Fame now. Only the eighth player all time. Um, and if you go up and down that list, uh, uh, I believe before Helmer, the last person to do it was rob murray back in the early 2000s um it just doesn't happen anymore because it's it's a league where you know i think all right you know just to give a little bit of kind of the historical you know you know layout of the league mm-hmm. prior i guess to 1967 expansion it really was almost kind of a sort of the second tier of the nhl right right teams for the most part were independent um to the extent that they had affiliations, they were very loose. Um, you could do your own thing as an AHL club. And then, you know, that 1967 expansion hit, that's when you started to get, you know, the more formalized affiliation structure that we know today. And obviously, you know, it took you know decades to get it to where it is now. But um, the back before that, I mean, if you were playing for the Hershey Bears in, you know, the 50s and early 60s. You might well be, you know, um, the seventh best goalie in all of hockey, right? Wow. Yeah. It was just a different, different era. Guys, you know, like Johnny Bauer was in the AHL till he was 34, <laughs> which is remarkable when That's, you think yes. he's in the hall, Hockey Hall of Fame now. Um, but yeah, like you just, you waited years and years and years to get an opportunity. Um, they just didn't come open when there was only six NHL clubs. And, sure. Um, so players would be down in the AHL for 10, 15 years at a time. So if you looked at that, that, you know, all times game list, um, it's mostly guys from that, you know, that 50s, 60s era. Um, uh, so for a modern player to hit that, it's, it's pretty significant. <clears throat> Extremely. Yeah. And, you know, there's really nobody, um, coming up on the list, uh, uh, anywhere near. Um, so this could be the last one we see for quite a while. Um, so, um, it's uh, it's a remarkable achievement, right? When you mm-hmm. look at what he's been able to do, that longevity. Um, he started in 2007 um, and has just kept 
plugging away. He's got a little bit of time up the, in the NHL at different points, um, but for the most part, he's kind of been he's been your your your, your classic good veteran um, leader, um, captain, guy that can mentor the young prospects, guy that buys into that job, um, which is I think a huge part of it, um, and it's it's a tremendous achievement really um to be able to hit that that milestone and i think it's be kind of cool he's you know he's obviously you know alberta um yeah guy you know like the sutters are he's a son of uh uh, daryl sutter which is kind of interesting because you know like daryl sutter is kind of like you know he's well known for his personality and and brett's definitely a little bit different in that regard (laughs) definitely a lot more kind of outgoing guy but um um but a lot of the same characteristics, right? That that hard nose, very kind of you know, takes the game very seriously. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a cool, really cool achievement. Um, you know, and, um, you know, it's it's he'll have his whole family on hand, all his his uh, relatives, and um, you know, he was able to come home this year when they put a team in Calgary, uh, kind of come full circle. He, he was really originally drafted by the Flames back in '05, mm-hmm. and. Uh, began his career all the way back with the quad city flames um wow so this is actually the third calgary affiliate that he's played for he also played for them when they were in abbotsford uh for a season so it's 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 a pretty pretty rare thing to see nowadays and like i said i don't think we'll see it again uh for quite some time because nobody's really even close um to hitting that mile you know anywhere near that thousand game milestone so I've seen a little bit of history here, and uh, like I said, only the eighth player ever to hit that milestone. And uh, you know, full credit to him for you know, maybe he didn't have the career that people you know associate with being successful, which is you know playing tons and tons of games in the NHL, and making tons of money, and all that. But you, he goes to show that you can still really um, make a mark for yourself in the AHL and and play a huge role in, in getting players and your teammates up to the NHL and being a good leader and all those things. Uh, so uh, yeah, full credit to him on what's been a fantastic career. That's uh, that's, that's pretty special and, and really tremendous that he'll get to do that on home ice as well, which will make, uh, which will make the evening that much more memorable. So uh, definitely congratulations to Brett Sutter. What an achievement. Uh, and you're right. We're, we're, we're witnessing a bit of AHL history this week, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, elsewhere in the AHL, speaking of, you know, where you're, certain games are happening. Uh, Anthony Richard, as we know, was recalled by the Montreal Canadiens this week. Rem Pitlick reassigned to the Laval Rocket. Uh, Rem Pitlick was getting close to that 30-day or 10-game cutoff for becoming waiver eligible again, so he was returned to Laval, uh, and they uh, selected Anthony Richard to be the recall to go on their Western uh, road trip with them. And uh, this is, you know, Anthony Richard playing making his his Montreal Canadiens debut on Monday night um but however it's his it's his not his NHL debut this is this was his third NHL game but hasn't played in the NHL since 2019 um and despite the fact that there are plenty of us and I won't get on that soapbox who would who would prefer to see uh an actual prospect get recalled for for a look at how uh, their NHL game is coming along um, Patrick, there, there's certainly understandable reasons why Anthony Richard was selected due to the fact that, um, with Laval performing as poorly as they have this year, 
Uh, it just so happens that Anthony Richard somehow has managed to be at the top of the entire league's AHL uh, leaderboard for scoring and, and goals uh, pretty much since the start of the season. Yeah, can you imagine where he'd be without him? Um, yeah. I guess we're going <laughs> to get, get a chance to see that uh, now if he does stay up for a bit with yeah. the team. And, um, you know, he's he's been one of the few bright spots, really. You mm-hmm. know? And um, I think also, you know, he's one of the free agent uh, players that they did sign this summer that's uh, kind of worked out well. That's not necessarily been the case for for a lot of that team. And uh, it's been, a, I think, as anyone who's followed Laval even slightly knows, it's been a rough, rough season. Um, um, so you have a team now where, um, you know, he's what? Uh, 18 out of 96 goals. Uh, so it's basically it's more than a fifth of your offensive production now that mm-hmm. you're going to have to figure out how to replace um, somehow. So, uh, Ram Pitlick, I hope you can <laughs> <laughs> pick up that slack somewhat because um, they're missing a key piece um, of a lineup or of their lineup, uh, you know, going into um, a week here where, you know, they're playing a a really, you know, another key game against Syracuse on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need points, right? Like, you know, they're at the bottom of the North Division, bottom, you know, almost at the bottom. Well, no, they actually are at the bottom point, you know, point percentage-wise, depending on how you want to, uh, you know, assess it. Uh, sure. Um, somehow they're only three points back of a playoff spot. It's point. crazy. I amazing, <laughs> considering uh, how the season's gone. I mean, they've gotten on a little bit of a, a better pace here, but, um, you know, it's still it's still been a pretty rough grind. Um, so we're going to really see what this Laval team is made of now, not having a Richard there, you know, if he does st- stay up there for any length of time, uh, because, you know, we were talking about this off air, you know, when they come back off the, uh, the holiday break, uh, they jump right into it. Um, you know, busy schedule coming off the, uh, off the break. And, uh, if they're not ready to go, um, they're gonna fall even farther behind. And, you know, at some point you're going to just get too far behind to really be able to make much of a run. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they need to make up a lot of ground now. Also they, they're only three points back, but, um, they give up five games in hand to the Utica Comets, who currently are kind of in that last uh, playoff spot in the North. So, um, you know, that, that number is even a little bit misleading. So kind of however you slice and dice the numbers, they're not good so far as we well know with the Laval Rockets. And, uh, um, you know, it's a, you know, I was thinking about them too, you know, yesterday. So there's a three-team deal involving HL players. Right. Michael Delzato. Um, Danny O'Regan and uh, Giovanni Smith, uh, which I I was trying to go back to the, the notes. I can't find any any recollection of any sort of uh, three way deal involving exclusively AHL players. So, and it got me thinking, like, you know, when's Laval going to do something like that? Yeah. When are they? Because it involved three teams that definitely could use a shake up. San Diego, the worst team in the league. San Diego has been an absolute disaster they're on an 11 game losing streak grand rapids a team that's been extremely disappointing this year and uh charlotte which is uh they're on a five game losing streak so you know three teams that really needed a shake up they went out and their gms i guess they took their vitamins yesterday and uh, <laughs> got a three-way 
player deal done, right? And and we talk about that just how you know it is a lot easier to do deals down here because mm-hmm. you don't have the same salary cap considerations. You don't have the no move clauses, right? Like you know players are often in need of a fresh start. And you know, I go up and down that Laval roster, aside from a Richard and a handful of other players and Olin and you know a few other guys. There's a lot of guys there I think that could definitely benefit from uh, you know a new opportunity and. and we look at you know so goaltending right like um there's goalies out there like if, so oh, if yeah. you're having goaltending issues in laval which you are i don't think there's any question why not make your move right right and so, you know it's uh yeah so we're we are going to kind of like you know kind of bring us all back full circle with richard now possibly being gone for a bit um we're going to really um see how much this laval team kind of hold their own without like i said you know more than 20 percent of their their production this year and if uh if they can't i do think then you get into a point now where you really do have to look at uh shaking this team up uh you know in a fairly fairly significant way like grand rapids charlotte and san diego did yesterday definitely could be uh could be some interesting things going on uh once we get past the new year and definitely uh something to keep an eye on for laval if if uh if they're hoping, if they're if they're going to continue to find some success and try to get out of the hole they've dug themselves into, um, should mention I should have mentioned this when we were talking about Western Conference stuff that there was uh, there was another exciting thing that happened this week out west. Uh, it's something that we've of course covered here on the AHL Hot Stove uh, for for the last couple of years with you, and it's finally. We've finally reached the end point. Uh, Coach Ella Valley finally got to unveil and play in their inaugural game in their brand new arena uh, this week. And anytime there's a new arena that opens in in the American Hockey League, uh, it's 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 cause for celebration. Yeah, and it's it's kind of remarkable. It's the third building now that's open this year, which you know. That does, doesn't happen. That doesn't often. happen often, no. <laughs> Anderson opened theirs in last April. Then San Jose opened theirs to start the year. And, um, you know, if you, depending on how you crunch the numbers, you know, officially or unofficially, like you're um, somewhere in the range of a half billion dollars in AHL new buildings that have wow. opened this year. So, like, this is like, I, I said this the other day, this is not the old time AHL of, you know, kind of the the, the, the bus league, you know, northeastern kind of gritty type uh, cities. It's it's big money now. You know, you're in a major, major resort uh, area like uh, Palm Springs and Coachella Valley. They had 10,000 fans uh, plus to open the building uh, Sunday night. Wow. Uh, um, you know, it, it was just a kind of a remarkable undertaking. I have speaking with Troy Bodie, who ha- handles all the hockey operations for Seattle for, for Coachella Valley. And um you know just those players have been on the road basically since the start of training camp uh, so that's the better part of three months now they had to ship 20 cars uh, from seattle down to palm springs they had to get player housing set up mm-hmm. um oftentimes sight unseen because you know you're kind of just going on you know you're um off the you know the apartment websites and hoping that <laughs> they bear some resemblance to reality you're trying to get players half you know half year leases you know so that they're not getting you know stuck on a full year lease uh, it's right. just a lot of logistical things i think people might not really think of and yet you had to somehow go out and play hockey for, for 
for two months. And right. They, they were on a 16-game road trip. They won. Uh, they went 10-3 and three. Um, so they're they're right. They're all right. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're they more than came through that okay. Um, they now have 31 of their last 49 games um, on home ice to close the season. And uh, they're only three points back of the Western Conference lead. So, uh, you know, best point percentage in the West, um, third best overall in the league. I mean, so just a remarkable job that uh, both the players and head coach Dan Bilesma and everybody there has done. And uh, they're, uh, I thought, you know, going into season, they looked like a Calder Cup contender. And uh, I'm even stronger on that now. That, that wow. Just the lore of, uh, hey, if you're going to play in, in the minors, <laughs> Palm Springs, <laughs> California, not such a bad place. Not a know? bad place to do it at all. Rob Bubbles with the uh, the movie stars and uh, all the, uh, you know, kind of the movers and shakers. I mean, Tim Lightwicky, who's, you know, one of the biggest people in the entire sports business, mm-hmm. um, has been a big player in this whole operation, um, getting that building up. Because for anybody that doesn't know the history, the, they announced the franchise in September 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were originally planning to build the building downtown Palm That's Springs. Right. They ran into a bunch of you know trouble with you know land and you know there were traffic concerns and they, you know eventually the deal fell through. So they had to kind of scramble to to get this deal uh, back on track. They eventually found some land. Uh, it's in Palm Desert, uh, about uh, I'll say five or ten miles south of Palm Springs, uh, right off the the interstate there, and um, got the building up in a year and a half, you know, remarkable, you know, construction timeline, especially, you know, for anyone that knows that construction industry has been really hard pressed the, the last couple of years coming out of the pandemic, um, mm-hmm. you know, with, you know, just you know, construction supplies and, and labor and everything. So um, it's a pretty re- amazing achievement. Uh, and they didn't cut any corners on the building either. Uh, it's a first, first class building by every account. And, um, yeah, it is just a remarkable achievement. It's been a long, long path, though, you know, three plus years uh, yep. to, to get this uh, you know, team from you know, just a, an expansion announcement to actually play on the ice in front of home fans in a market that really has never had. Well, they certainly had never had any exposure to pro hockey and uh, right. even a limited amount of pro sports. Um, so um, just a, a real, real big uh, achievement, uh, both for that team and for the league as well. Fantastic. That's Acrishore Arena, by the way, uh, and should note that it was Cameron Hughes uh, scoring for Coach Ella Valley to be the first player to score a goal in that building, uh, which I'm sure is something he'll be proud of for, for a long time coming. A little bit of history making there as well. So all sorts of fun, uh, fun little pieces of trivia and history making things going on around the league this week. Um, and that, as we said, Patrick, is is the week leading up into into Christmas. Uh, Christmas, of course, happening over the weekend uh, this weekend. So no Saturday or Sunday games this week. Uh, we do see some teams playing uh, Friday the 23rd. There's a Boxing Day game, uh, oddly enough, this year uh, between Belleville and Toronto. But for the most part, just before we before we wrap up today, can you just talk a bit about you know there is a, a traditional bit of a Christmas break uh, for mm. for AHL teams, um, and and are there are there pros and cons that come along with with a holiday break? Yeah, so I, I was you know I was speaking to you know you know people that that you know 
are kind of, you know, on the ground running these teams, coaches and, you know, know, staff and people like that. And, um, you know, you look at, so this is not the NHL, right? Like every season you more or less start from scratch or close to scratch as a coach. Um, So much turnover, right? Like anywhere from maybe half to sometimes three quarters of a team turns over. I mean, just look at Laval, how much turnover they had since last season. So you're, 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 you're starting from kind of uh, a real basic uh, point and you spend the better part of the first six to eight weeks of the season just trying to get some of the basic foundation for your team down, you know, how you're going to play, getting mm-hmm. your systems implemented, getting young players uh, up to the, you know, up to speed at this pro level. Remember, you're getting players coming out of junior in college or you're getting players coming from Europe who are dealing with a different style of game. So um, just you know, kind of December is when you get um, you get things more or less squared away, and then the holiday break hits, right? Players go away anywhere, maybe from let's say four to seven days. Uh, there have been teams over the years that have been more. I know there was a team a couple of years ago, with, I think a nine day break. Wow! So that's just a lot of time away. It's a lot of time off the ice. You know, players may be able to you know get some ice if they go back home somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they can stay in shape, um, presumably. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they're, they are kind of all that hockey mode, which, in, you know, a lot of ways can be good. You know, it's good to sort of take a mental break and refresh. But, you know, from a team structure, you know, team, you know, you, let's say you're coming into this week and you're, you're a Henderson, for example. You are on a, on a, on a good streak. Mm-hmm. Um, now you kind of, you go on a break you might lose some of that momentum, right? Or you're a team like Laval, you come out of that break and boom, you hit like a real busy patch of your schedule. Um, so, uh, and especially too, like the last couple of years, we haven't seen this as a challenge because last year was so disjointed with the uh, December was when the pandemic was really kind of going full speed. And then obviously, you know, the year prior was, there wasn't any hockey at all. Right. Um, you know, so, you know, a lot of these players are going through this, you know, for the first time maybe in their career, or at least, you know, for the first time in three years. So it'll be something to keep an eye on to see how teams handle it, how they manage it. I know some teams um, really embrace that break and their coaches and, you know, um, but I think there is a little bit of, uh, you know, you know, head coaches, you know, they like to control things, as we all know. And sure. They're sort of, they're a little bit leery and wary of, uh, you know, the potential pitfalls uh, of this uh, this coming week. Well, it's uh, hopefully most uh, hopefully more teams will be able to kind of weather the the, the disruption to their regular routine uh, more than those who can't. Uh, but one thing is for sure, I think everyone will be happy to just take a bit of a breather and just celebrate the holiday season and and maybe get some time with their families uh, if there's if if the schedule allows and so forth. Um, and on that note, uh, we should say happy holidays and Merry Christmas uh, to you. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're thankful to have you here each and every week on uh, the AHL Hot Stove. We're, we're proud to have you as part of the Rocket Sports Media crew and uh, just wishing you a very Merry Christmas. Well, thank you and Merry Christmas uh, to you and Rick and everyone out there in uh, podcast land who is tuning in. (laughs) Wonderful. And uh, we hope that you have a a terrific holiday week and holiday weekend ahead. And uh, looking forward to having you back next week, right after Boxing Day and uh, right back in the thick of things again. 
Great. Thank you. Take care. A big thank you once again to Patrick Williams for joining us uh, yet again this week for the AHL Hot Stove Holiday Edition, Christmas Edition. <laughs> uh, some great information there. And, you know, it's just, it goes to show you there is, there's never a lack of interesting and or exciting things going on around the American Hockey League. And uh, tip of the hat to the uh, Coachella Valley Firebirds. Uh, pretty exciting week for them. Uh, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what kind of uh, fun things are going to be simmering on the hot stove uh, next week after Christmas, but heading into New Year's. Um, that is just about going to wrap it up for us on today's show. Again, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also subscribe to our flagship podcast, the Canadians Connection podcast, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella every Saturday. You can find that at canadiansconnection.fm. And speaking of subscribing, um, I'm going to ask you to go over to our YouTube channel and subscribe there if you haven't done so already. You can do that at youtube.com slash allhabs. Uh, there I host a weekly show called the Habs Hockey Report. And uh, I talk about the Habs. I talk about the Laval Rocket. I do lots of fan interaction with the viewers. And this week is going to be a holiday special. So you can guarantee that it's going to have lots of Christmas cheer <laughs> that you're not going to want to miss. Uh, and it's just a really fun program. I really enjoy doing it. And I would highly invite you and welcome you uh, to highly encourage you and invite you and welcome you to subscribe over there at youtube.com slash allhabs. With that, I wish all of you a very, very, very Merry Christmas, a very happy holiday season. Um, and I just hope that the week ahead for you is filled with all the good things. Um, warmth, laughter, uh, love, good friends, good food, good company, good drink, um, and good memories. Just go create great memories with your loved ones um, and, you know, just appreciate every single day. Uh, and that's, I think that's the best gift we can all give ourselves each and every day, not just at Christmas time, is just to appreciate every day, find something uh, beautiful and positive in, it, in every day, and particularly this time of year, whether it's a beautiful snowfall, uh, twinkling holiday lights or just the feeling you get with being with loved ones. Uh, I wish all of you very, very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and we'll see you back here next week for another great episode of the Press Zone Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of the Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit ahlreport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects. 